welcome to Paint Ed. PCA provides painting contractors with connections they need to grow their business. To find out more and to become a member, go to PCAPaintEd.org. Find more great content like this on PCA Overdrive. A subscription to the platform is included with membership. For all you non-members out there, sign up for our free trial. PCA Overdrive is available on the Apple Store and Google Play. Today, we feature audio from the Elite Business Advice Podcast with Chris Moore. This episode is sponsored by Bayer and Federated Insurance. Welcome to the Elite Business Advice Podcast. My name is Chris Moore. I'm the founder of Elite Business Advisors, and the goal of our podcast is to help you grow your business and also educate you on a variety of topics that affect self-employed small business owners. Today's episode, we've got Christian Vale with us. Christian's the owner of The Paint Professor down in Orlando, Florida. I met him at PCA Expo earlier this year and was able to reconnect at a Sherwin-Williams event, event down there the other day. Uh, and so Christian and I are going to talk to a little bit about his entrepreneurial journey and how he's had how he shifted his mindset to success and owning a painting company. Christian, welcome to the show. Thanks for being here, man. Hey, Chris. Thanks for the invite. I'm glad we were able to connect. Absolutely. We've only been talking about this since we met back in March, so I'm glad we were able to do it. And uh, it was fun that our, our paths crossed again uh, a couple days ago at the Sherwin-Williams Pro Show. That was fun to reconnect with you while I was down there and, and hang out for a couple hours and chat. So Yeah, absolutely. Um, it, was a, it was a great event, and it was uh, nice yeah. to see you. And I got yeah. uh, heard a lot of great feedback from from your talks. Awesome. Well, I appreciate that a lot. So um, tell us kind of a little bit about yourself. Uh, so I am the owner of The Paint Professor. Uh, we're just north of Orlando, Florida. Um, I've been up to uh, two employees with okay. um, uh, several uh, 1099 subcontractors yeah. um, okay. at certain times. Right now, it's just me. Um, uh, I have uh, two or I have two children. Um, uh, a 13 year old daughter and um, a seven month son um, and a beautiful wife. Um, and she's also in uh, construction, but commercial construction. Okay, um, awesome. So with the paint professor, we specialize in interiors and cabinet refinishing with okay. an emphasis on site protection. Um, okay. So, That's yeah. awesome. That's super cool. Um, you know, it's, it's been fun. We've talked Chase is five months old here in a couple of days. And so you're two months ahead of us with the baby boy. So I'm always like, all right, Christian, what's coming down the pipeline. So I appreciate all the insight you've shared with that, but, For sure. um, you know, tell, tell us a little bit kind of about, you know, like your background. First off, I gotta, I gotta ask, I love the name the paint professor. Um, I'm already going off of our notes here, right? That's fine. Um, I love the name. I love the name, right? From a marketing perspective, it's catchy. Um, it's different. Um, and I think it really shows, you know, a lot about you just as I've gotten to know you here in the last six months, but, but how did you come up with the name? Like what, where did the idea come from and, and give me the story behind it? So when I was coming up in the trades, uh, either working for painters or working alongside other painting contractors, when I was doing other trades, I noticed the standard, um, way that they would do things was very more the chuck in a truck mentality. Yeah. Um, yeah. and when they were trying to sell or educate their clients or just inform their clients, uh, they would just say, hey, this is really good stuff and that's why I use it. Yeah. And that was it, there, there was no, there was nothing else beyond that. There was no differentiator. So it was a commodity, it wound up being all about price. Um, so really for me, I have a heart for education uh, and that's really where the paint professor comes in. I'm not about sales. 
I am about creating a more educated consumer. And when a client is properly educated on what coding systems are fit their needs um, and the process that we use to make sure that that coding system performs to its maximum potential uh, and they see value in it, that's when we wind up closing jobs. That's awesome. That's awesome. I love it. I love it. I think, like I said, it's something different and you know, we, we know that it's all about setting yourself apart in the industry, right? Setting yourself mm -hmm. apart from others with branding and with professionalism and, you know, all those little things. And again, as I've gotten to know you, I know you exemplify all of those. Um, and so I think, I think the name's just fitting for you. I, I like it a lot. So, um, so share with us a little bit about your entrepreneurial story, man. You know, you were just kind of sharing a little bit about coming up in the trades and everything, you know, you've, you've been through and done over the years. Um, share with us a little bit, just kind of your entrepreneurial story. Yeah, for sure. Um, I always kind of had a um, the, the tinkering bug, I guess you could yeah. say. Um, I remember when I was probably like seven or eight years old, taking apart my dad's drill uh, that it broke and trying to figure out how how to fix it, uh, things like that. I wasn't successful at that, um, but I actually started off in the trades um, in my early teens uh, over the summers. There was a gentleman from church. He was a handyman and I helped him out. So we did fences and drywall work and a little bit of painting. Um, but, you know, we had a very good relationship when he had jobs that he needed an extra set of hands. I was there to help him. Um, and I really, really loved it. Um, and then uh, just throughout the years, I wound up with school, with high school, finishing high school and things like that. I wound up working in restaurants, found myself to be very successful at restaurants and uh, kept getting promoted in restaurants. So I always kind of went back and forth between uh, restaurant management and the trades. I wound up um, becoming a, a general manager at the age of 21. Uh, I was wow. the youngest general manager in the company um, and did that for several years. Um, and then one day, uh, it, I, I remember it specifically, it was a Friday and we had a fantastic shift and all my employees showed up on time. Everybody had a good attitude, great drive-through times. All the customers were happy, no complaints. The place was clean, immaculate. I turned over the restaurant to the night manager. They're happy. I even went home a little bit early. Um, now, fast forward to the next morning. It's a Saturday. And the, the manager that relieved me the dinner shift before was still there. Uh, the place looked like a bomb had went off. And I had so many emails of customer complaints from that night before. And I realized that like, this is my life, no matter how good I am in that moment, there's always going to be uh, that there's always other people who could really mess that up. And there is yeah. no end in sight. Um, and that's really what started pushing me back towards the trades is even if we have a bad day, let's say you spill a bucket of paint or you find some wood rot on, 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 or a client winds up adding a project, you can still say, okay, hey, let's regroup. This is a plan of action. These are the materials that we're gonna use. And you can still make forward progress. And at the end of it, see the, the, the fruits of your work. And, and that is just so beneficial. Um, and that's really what kind of got me um, back into the trades uh, for good. Okay, that's awesome. So, so when did you start the paint professor? So it was, Started the paint professor in 2015. Okay. Um, I was working for a uh, another company, and we went on paid furlough. And they said that we would go on furlough for probably about six weeks. It wound yeah. up being eight months. 
uh, that we were paid to just sit at home and wait for them to come back. Um, most of the guys loved it for me. Um, you know, I think I always had the entrepreneurial bug without knowing yeah. it. After two weeks, I was bored and I started doing handyman work for, for friends. Um, and then three months into that, no advertising, just word of mouth, just talking to people at parties and things like that. Yeah. I started having to book out work and book appointments and nice. started looking into like, hey, I could probably make this my full-time gig. That's um, cool. So, yeah. um, and we talked about earlier, uh, the market in, in my area, especially just yeah. there was nobody who was educating clients, uh, letting them know that, you know, which products should be used for what purpose that not all coding system, there's not one coding system that covers it all. And that's right. really where I felt that I um, was able to add value to my market. That's awesome. That's super cool, man. I, I love the story. And um, you're actually the second person um, that I've talked to in the last two weeks that like came from a very high level running restaurant background that now runs a painting company. So it's funny as you're telling me this story, I didn't realize your background. Um, and I was like, wow, there's a common theme here apparently with people I'm talking to lately. But, um, you know, I think it's cool just to, to see how, you know, the journey kind of happens sometimes, you know, for some people, they, they say, hey, here's, here's my plan. I'm going to quit my job and do this. And for you, it's like you just kind of you stumble upon it, right? Yeah. Um, you, you've got the background from it. But as far as the business opportunity, it just like manifested itself. Um, and I think I just a testament to you and, and you know, your, your, your work ethic over the years and people knowing you and stuff. So uh, mm -hmm. I'm not surprised in the least, but um, yeah. And I know, think, I think really um, without knowing it, I was grooming myself throughout yeah. the decades because um, yep. it's been over 20 years now that I, since I first swung a hammer or used a paintbrush, yeah. um, I've been grooming myself between knowing the skill trades, not really focusing strictly on painting, although that has been my focus over the last, um, you know, seven years with the paint professor, right. um, but knowing the other trades too, with carpentry and drywall work, yep. all of those things, when you're a full service painting contractor, you can do all the repairs and you can take care of your clients for that. And I think, um, I heard it once said that talent is doing what you're good at. Passion yep. is doing what you love and purpose is doing what you were put on the earth to do. And I was talented at several things, but it wasn't until I figured out that being an entrepreneur, being a, a painting contractor really embodied all three of those things. And that's where I get fulfillment from. Yeah, that's awesome, dude. I love that you just brought that up because um, there's so many, so many people that get a lot of those things confused, right? Um, and so that's super cool. I appreciate that you, you said that. You know, what made you want to be a business owner? I mean, you know, I, I know it kind of manifested itself. And, and mm -hmm. like I said, I believe you probably always had that entrepreneurial bug. It just took the right opportunity to come out and, you know, force, force yourself into that path. But, you know, what was attractive to you about owning your own business? Um, I think at the beginning, the, the flexibility, uh, not only with time, um, not only with finances of the potential of earnings, yeah. um, but really the uh, flexibility and creativity um, that I don't have somebody putting me in a box saying that this is what we do um, and this is who we are. Now, granted, if there was another painting contractor uh, in my area at the time who was yeah. offering something similar to what we're doing, that super high level um, uh, and, and, and really... Uh, trying to create raving fans, not just a satisfied customer, 
um, you know, I probably would have wound up going there and, and I know I would have excelled um, at that, but this was just um, a platform for me to really uh, figure out what I wanted to do, how I wanted to do it and, and, and just take that ball and run with it. Yeah, no, that's awesome, man. Um, all right. So we planned on doing this episode and then we ran into each other two days ago when I was mm-hmm. in Florida and we started talking about a couple of things and, and quickly we realized we had, I had to bring this up, um, here in this talk or in this podcast episode. Um, and I'm excited to be back in studio. I'm glad that we could do this via zoom. I'm excited to be back in studio in our comfort zone where the audio is good. So the next four episodes will be in studio. Um, we'll be recording next week. So, um, but you shared with me a little bit the other day. Uh, that you view your business as a success now, even though it's you by yourself. Um, and that you didn't really have that mindset beforehand. You said that, you know, for a handful of years, you know, not that you didn't use the word failure, I don't think, but you kind of felt like your business wasn't a success because it, it hadn't really grown much beyond yourself. Um, but that you really shifted your mindset on that now. And that's what I want to kind of center some of this episode around. What, what caused you to, to shift your mindset and your perspective and your thinking on that? Um, just realizing, uh, the answer is super simple, but the journey to get to this answer is very difficult. So I want to preface it with that, that, um, finding out that my business is ultimately there to serve me as the business owner from a lifestyle perspective, skill set, financially, um, and growth, whatever that winds up looking like and growth can take on many forms, right? So growth can be top line revenue, it could be bottom line profit, uh, it could be the scale of what we're doing, whether you start painting just one room at a time to whole houses, to whole communities. Um, growth can come in the form of professionalism um, and also culture. That's a big buzzword right now, uh, growing, growing our culture um, or even personal growth. And, and for me, um, over these last four years, I've really been Uh, trying to consume a lot of content when it comes to uh, business and mindset, uh, mindset over skill set, and having uh, the right mindset will um, accelerate or compound the skills that you have, Um, you know, having more of a, um, a lot of people I find have scarcity mindset, but if we have this abundance mindset instead realizing that there's plenty of work to go around there's plenty of room for for everybody to grow in the market and really your biggest competition is who you are today because that's who tomorrow is going to compete against yeah no that's awesome yeah like i said whenever we had this conversation the other day at the pro show i was like we got to pivot our our plan for this because I, i love the message right because i think it's so important um, I was actually talking with one of our clients. Um, I won't say where he's from because he'll know I'm talking about him, but he's going to know anyways when he hears this. Um, <laughs> yesterday, after I got back from Florida, I landed and a couple hours later was talking to him and, you know, and, and we started talking about the comparison game, right? Mm-hmm. That I think so many people compare themselves, whether it's because of social media, whether it's because of just in general, right? They hear stories, they hear somebody on our podcast and they're like, well, I'm not that person, right? Um, but I think you have, you know, you, you hit it on the nail on the head the other day and just what you said too, is you have to know what success looks like, right? Mm-hmm. And I think you, I could not have said it any better, Christian, your business has to serve you in your lifestyle. Mm-hmm. That's why everybody starts a business. Like I've never heard somebody say, well, I started a business because I wanted to employ a hundred people. No, everybody starts a business 
98% of people at least start a business because they want their business to serve their lifestyle. And that's usually through time freedom. It's usually through money freedom, right? You, you have unlimited opportunity and you, you know, you create, um, you know, what you make out of it. Right. Um, and so I, I love that you said that because success isn't defined on how much revenue, how big your company is, right? Correct. Um, I love that about the PCA. We don't care if you do 200,000 a year or 200 million a year. Like, it, it, are you happy with your business, right? You know, like that's kind of the goal. Um, you know, when we go to events, it's like, no, we don't even talk about that necessarily. How big's your company? It doesn't matter, right? Um, and, you know, people say, well, I, I've only, it's only me or I've only got two employees. We've never grown beyond that. Well, is your business serving yourself? Well, yeah then you're running a successful business. Correct. Right. Um, if you're, I've always thought that the word success has the most definitions in the dictionary because what it means to you is different from what it means to me versus anybody else. And the other thing too, is that definition can change. When I first started out, I equated success with growth, top line revenue, top line revenue, top line revenue. And it wasn't until I started getting on this journey that I said, Oh, wait, it's bottom line profit, yeah. net profit is what success is. Yeah. And then, and then that changed again when I started getting employees, W2 employees, my idea of success was their success. Yeah. How, how well they painted, how well they adopted our systems. I even had one employee, um, my most recent employee, um, he only had restaurant experience. So I, you know, understood what that was like. And he wanted to be an electrician. His dad was an electrician. His uncle was an electrician. So he wanted to do that, but nobody would give him a a chance because he didn't have trade experience. So I told him, look, I can't teach you how to be an electrician because I'm not licensed. But what I can do is I can show you how to use hand tools, power tools. I can show you how to treat a client's home and, and how to talk to people and kind of like problem solve and think through things with your hand and your mind. My goal for you is to make you the easiest hire for an electrical contractor ever. And within six months, we were able to line him up with an interview and he wound up getting to do that. So even though he's not working for me, adding money to my bank account, I feel that that was a huge success because I told him we were gonna do something and he was able to grow and get his goals as well. Yeah. So, no, so I, yeah, that can I always change. I love that, you know, and I think that, you know, a lot of people, obviously everybody wants to, especially when you have good employees, right? They, you want them to be around for the next 30 years, right? You want them to be a cornerstone of growing your company. Um, but the people that I really respect are the ones that have their employees' best interests in mind, no matter what, right? That you say, mm-hmm. hey, listen, I know this is a six month thing. We're gonna make some extra money in the meantime. That's fantastic. Would I love for you to, to make a career here with me and grow with me? Absolutely, but I wanna do what's best for you, right? Mm-hmm. I'm gonna do what you wanna do. And, and if if you can help them go down that path, um, then that is a success, right? For sure. Um, you know, I think about it like this. I remember when I started Elite Business Advisors and I was still running it alongside my painting company. And, you know, we had our first client and you know, I'll never forget, you know, just seeing the growth in him. And I was like, we're already a success, right? Mm-hmm. Like we've only helped one person, right? How many painting contractors are there in the world? Like millions, right? Um, and we've helped one. 
but to me like we were already becoming a success like mm -hmm. did we have any idea how to systematize this and really like be, no we had, i was figuring it out right i was he was my guinea pig so thanks doug for being that person for me for a couple of years um but you know we were, i was helping him in his business right like we saw the results of what we were doing um and so we were already a success day one with one client and i wasn't even treating this like a full-time job yet right right um and and so it's it's such the mindset of you know how you view things and, and what is what is success and you know i see so many people that they, i just want to grow i want to have a five million dollar company and i'm like that's cool that's cool why do you want to have a five million dollar company like mm -hmm. what is it that really is and they're like well i just want to be able to say i did it and i'm like well that's cool then you know but like you know, success can come in like a, a lot of other forms, right? Like, so, yeah. um, so I appreciate you sharing that. Um, and, and, but, but the opposite can be true too, to where some guys will say, well, for me, success wouldn't be having that $5 million company, but they have the skill set and, and they really could accomplish it. Well, why don't yep. you? Oh, because money corrupts or whatever. That's fine. Yeah. Then give all that money away. You know, <laughs> that's fine. Like you, yeah. you have that freedom at that point. So, so it, it, it all depends on how, how you look at it um, yeah. and, and, and kind of to your point, like for me, I'm in the process of figuring out like what does my ultimate lifestyle over the next 10 years look like and then, and then reverse engineer how much money exactly. do I want to make and reverse engineer that formula. And then that's yep. really the goal of the company that I need to grow because right. I'd rather – I know guys who are making you know less than 5% and they're doing one and a half million dollars. Like, why are you doing that much? You could cut yeah. the company in half and take 20% and make more money with and less headaches. Half the hours, yeah. yeah. Correct. I, uh, I love what you just said. I have to throw this line and there's like one of my favorite lines. It says, good people do good things with money, bad people do bad things with money. And if you don't have any money yet, the jury's still out on if you're a good or bad person. So um, <laughs> that's, that's one of my all-time favorite lines. But no, I, I love what you just said. Um, and it's exactly what you have to do and think through your business, right? If, if you don't know if your business is serving you or you're not you know, in that sweet spot yet, you got to figure out what the lifestyle is that, that you want to have, right? What, what is the income? What is the time components that you're willing to put in? Um, and then work backwards on it, right? Mm -hmm. You got to go backwards and, and, and put those numbers together, right? And I think a lot of people... You know, I have the conversation with a handful of our clients that are in that 500 to uh, 500,000 to a million revenue range. And I'm like, you've got a lot of tough decisions coming up. And they're like, why? And I'm like, because when you get to 700, 750, pushing up to a million, I said, you got a big decision to make. You either are going to plateau there and enjoy a lifestyle business, um, or you're going to have to take a leap to go to 1.5 to 1.7. Because typically, typically in the industry, and this is a blanket statement, but from 800 to a million, 800,000 to a million dollars in revenue, you don't make a whole lot more money until you get to like 1.4, right? Mm -hmm. Because then you typically are hiring a production manager, you're hiring a, an estimator. And again, it depends on how the company's structured. Do you have good crew leaders? There's a lot of variables in there, but there, there's like a flat line, right? Right. Uh, I would say that growing a painting company is a stair step, right? Me, Nick, and Jason talk about that all the time, right? You get to a point, your income, you know, your net profit plateaus because you're hiring people to set yourself up for growth to go up to that next level, right? And then there's right. another plateau. Um, and so I think a lot of people, you know, get too caught up in the growing a business thing and they don't stop and think about, okay, well, if I could get to 500,000 a year in revenue and say, I can take home a hundred thousand dollars that well financially supports me and my family, if that's the goal. Right. And if I can do that and only work 20 to 30 hours a week so that I can spend that time with my family, well, why do I want a million dollar company? Right. Right. 
Um, so I see a lot of people that they, you have to stop and think about what's the income, what's the time, and, and then work backwards. So um, I want to I want to get on to kind of the next point here um, in, in our last couple of questions before we wrap up here in the next 10 minutes or so. Um, what helped you shift your mindset on that with the success? Like, was there a moment, was there something that kind of happened um, that helped you shift your mindset in that? Um, I, I think I think just doing the research that I've been doing. Um, yeah. There's a couple books that I'd really recommend. Um, and so the first one, I think everybody knows about it, is uh, The E-Myth Revisited, yes. uh, Michael Gerber, um, you know, talking about, I mean, he's at, 100% describing the painting industry. You have a, uh, a qualified technician who gets frustrated about one thing or another and says, hey, I'm making, you know, 14, 15, 20 bucks an hour. Um, so as long as I'm charging more than that, then I'm going to run my own business. And now my bosses are going to make that. Um, yep. And, and they're, it's, it's nothing like that. <laughs> uh, yeah, we know right. that there's a lot more involved to it than that. Um, another good book is the, um, I believe it's called the entrepreneur, um, the entrepreneur roller coaster. Um, By Darren Hardy. Yes, that one was was fantastic. It's one of my um, favorites. There, there's another one. I should have I should have wrote it down, um, but I'll I'll send you the link. Maybe we'll make a separate post about it. Perfect. And really, what it had to do with was it, it was kind of like a litmus test. Like, not everybody is meant to be an entrepreneur and yeah. and and a lot of times we the people who think that they could be entrepreneurs but they're not really set to be an entrepreneur would have more success working for a true entrepreneur and supporting them and then both parties would wind up making more money both parties would wind up getting more fulfillment and and, and really being honest with yourself of, of where you're at um, yeah. as far as that journey goes. That's true. That's, that's a tough reality, right? That's a tough reality to face. Um, but I think mm -hmm. most people that maybe aren't cut out to be entrepreneurs become entrepreneurs because they've worked for so many people that weren't true business owners. Right. Yeah. Plain that's and simple. Like you said, we see it in the industry all the time. Um, you know, I know you're a big ambassador for the PCA. I appreciate you taking your time the other day at the pro show to, to represent the PCA in a booth um, there at, at Drive Shack. Um, I think that was awesome. Why, why are you so passionate about helping get the message out um, about PCA to other contractors? Well, um, I, it was really humbling. Uh, so the way that that happened uh, to represent them, my rep uh, knows that I talk about PCA all the time and I'm always trying to get him encourage him to talk to PCA to the other clients in the area. Um, and so he asked me, he was on the committee. He said, yeah. do you think PCA would be interested in having a booth? I said, right. Hey, call Marsha. Hey, Marsha, um, yep. call Marsha over at PCA and they'll talk about it. And apparently she told him that she had the perfect guy to run the booth. Uh, I later then got a call from Marsha to ask if yeah. I'd run the booth. So I was very humbled that she thought of me. Um, to, to run that and represent uh, PCA. It was uh, a great opportunity, a humbling experience. And um, I actually had a lot of really good conversations with yep. the, the local uh, contractors. I originally found out about PCA um, listening to podcasts on the job site. Okay. I came yeah. across the Paint Ed podcast um, nice. when it first came out. Um, and the great thing about 
listening to the podcast and then later on joining PCA was I always felt like I was like paddling upstream um, with my journey to excellence and that being a painter might not necessarily be a trade that deserved respect. But knowing that there's hundreds of contractors out there uh, that are that are like me, that want to strive for excellence, that want to do the right thing for their customers, that want to do the right thing for their employees, for their community, it's inspired me to strive for excellence and to push boundaries and to be a part of helping to raise the bar in our industry. Um, at the end of the day, we're all skilled tradespeople, uh, yeah. but I really feel that PCA is there to support me and also to provide me with the resources to take the busyness out of my business, you know, turn that why into an I. And they do that with like the Ask a Peer Network, with the podcast, uh, the Trade Best Practice series, the new uh, training modules um, that we found great success with, cost and estimating guides, um, and also various business partnerships that they have with uh, companies like you, with Elite Business Advisors. Um, all those are fantastic resources uh, for somebody to really um, fine tune and, and um, just better their business. And, yeah. and again, it's not uh, always about top line revenue. You know, right. it, it's revenue for vanity, profit for sanity. And, and we it. really need to find, if, if we're trying to scale a broken model, then it's always gonna be a broken model and we're never gonna yeah. make money. You could do $10 million a year and still not make any money. Right. So um, I, I think PCA is really set up and with the current leadership that they have, uh, their focus with professionalism is um, it, it's it's a one-two punch really to to help yeah. elevate the, the uh, painting industry. No, that's great. And I, I think you're spot on with that. I, I've told Nick and Jason time and time again that I'm just like, man, I, I can't wait to see where the industry is going to be out in the next 5, 10, 15, 20 years, right? Like we're just getting yeah. started with things. Um, you know, and Chad and the team of PCA has built out a ton of great content, mm -hmm. um, you know, and, and with the vision and, and what's going on and, and events like Sherwin-Williams, like what we, you know, we're at the other day together and stuff. I'm just, I'm excited to see where the industry goes in the future. Um, obviously, we got a lot of work ahead of us, all of us that are on that mission, right? But um, it's it's a fun one to be a part of. And, and I appreciate what you said about PCA. I think the, with, with PCA membership, there's so many resources and I know not everybody's tapping into them all. Right. Um, and that's, you know, for, for what you pay and what you get out of it, you know, tap into it. You know, they just launched a new membership portal. Um, they got, a, you know, constantly upgrading things. They got so many more things coming down the pipeline that I'm probably not at liberty to, to say on this podcast yet, but I know what's coming. Um, you know, just plug into it, man. Get, get a good handle on everything that's available with membership. Um, you know, I want to kind of wrap up here as uh, is, is we're getting a little close on time. But, you know, why do you think, you know, you mentioned professionalization being such mm -hmm. a huge piece of the industry. For sure. Um, and I think it's going to, right? Because like we talked about earlier, if we can have more professional business owners, we're going to have less unprofessional business owners as a result of that, right? Um, you know, why do you think that's so important for everybody? And how do you really see this taking shape here in the next 10 to 20 years? Um, so I am not a, like, economist by any means. Right. Right. Um, but through um, the uh, 70 plus book titles that I've read over the, or listened to over the past couple of years, uh, countless hours of different podcasts, the trend that I'm seeing and what I'm hearing is, for example, when you think of the biggest um, home services company in your area, more than likely you're thinking of a mechanical service, HVAC, plumbing, 
electrical, um, maybe drain cleaning. Now, when you think of the most expensive, you're probably thinking of the same company that we just mentioned, right? Yeah. Um, now, why is that? It's because back in the 1980s, all of these companies, you know, there was a book that was written, it was called HVAC Spells Wealth. And all of these companies came together and, and they, they professionalized their, their industry. When you think about it, how, how are they professionalized? They have uniformed employees, they have wrapped vehicles, they have real commercial facilities and offices not working out of their home, um, continue education courses for their employees, they, they uphold all the insurance, they have standard operating procedures. These are things that make a business scalable and professional. Not only, and yes, it does cost more, but you're adding so much value to your marketplace. Um, and I really think that, especially with the leadership that we have at PCA right now, the painting industry is, is ready to copy this model. You know, And right now we need leaders that will grow their companies either organically or, or through mergers and acquisitions. Like that's really the direction where based, based on the things that I've learned, where I can see it going for sure. No, that's awesome, man. I, I appreciate you sharing that. And I think you're spot on with that. I've heard Jason talk about that a handful of times and, and Nick and stuff. And um, like I said, it just, it's fun to be, you know, a, a part of it, right. And, and whatever small role we're going to play alongside the PCA. And mm -hmm. it's fun to be around people like yourself, right. That are passionate about this industry, making it, making a change and making a shift. And, um, you know, I, like I said, I just, I, I appreciate you coming on here and sharing your perspective, right. Again, we've, we've talked about doing an episode together for a while. We had yeah. a plan. We talked two days ago when we were together in Florida and I was like, yeah, now we're shipping this entire plan, right? Let me rewrite the whole outline. So awesome. yeah. um, I, I love the way you think about it. I love your mindset. I love that you're, you know, geared in developing yourself. Um, and I appreciate the message that you have to share. So any final pieces of uh, advice you want to leave people with as we wrap up? Um, j just, just being honest with yourself, um, like really figure out what your goals are um, because success takes on many, many forms. Um, and, um, you know, if you're not a member of PCA, uh, call Verrett over at the home office and, and talk to her. Uh, there's so many things that you can tap into. And if you are a member and you're not taking advantage of all those things that we mentioned, and there's more than that, um, it's kind of like buying a car and leaving it in the driveway, like take yeah. that car out and rev it up, like, and, and you'll yeah. see your business soar. Um, and I mean, I, I've, I've seen, I've seen. Uh, much improvement in, in, in my business and my life uh, because of the things that I've got from PCA. Awesome. That sounds great, man. Well, hey, I really appreciate it. Thanks again for taking time to do this. Yeah, my pleasure. Catch up with you Thanks the for other day. Me. And uh, we'll have to do another episode soon. I think we got a lot more content we can do in seasons to come. So I look forward to doing some more, man. All right. Sounds good. Thanks, Chris. Thanks, Christian. All right. Bye. PaintEd podcasts are produced by the Painting Contractors Association and is made possible by members and industry partners. To find out more about upcoming education opportunities or for more information about joining PCA, visit PCAPaintEd.org.